Well, hello and welcome to Epic. My name is Tim Jones. I'm one of the pastors on staff, and we are so glad that you are here with us today. Today, we are continuing in our 5G series. Now, before I dive into the message, I just want to say happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers who are out there. And if you're at home watching this with your mother, just turn to her and say, you're the best. That's awesome. So now if you are a guy and you forgot that it is Mother's Day today, uh, why don't you right now text her or Facebook Messenger and uh, she will think you are amazing. (laughs) And so now she won't if you are in the same room with her right now or if she's watching this online. But seriously, aren't mothers amazing? Uh, I had an amazing mother when I was growing up. She did so many things uh, that were right. And one of the things that I loved about my mother is that she would listen to me. And so uh, when I would come home from elementary school, she would, uh, I would come in and she would say, well, how was your day? And one of the things I loved was just usually sitting down with her and I would just pour out my heart with her. And I really needed that as a kid. I needed someone who would just listen to me because I was a very quiet and shy kid. I was also very perfectionistic. And so my mother, she would just listen to me. She would let me get it out. And that's what I needed. And my mother did that. So thank you so much, mom, for doing that. Now, as I grew up, uh, when I became a Christ follower, not too long after that, I felt like God was calling me to be a missionary. Now, um, it was really easy for me to think that uh, because my parents really lived out their faith, especially my mom. When I would come home, I would see her just constantly praying for other people. I would see her engaging people and talking to them about God. And then I would also see her uh, invite other women over to the house and she would teach them about a relationship with God. And I saw people's lives transformed. And so um, when I was growing up in about fourth grade, um, I came home and I told my mom, you know, I feel like God is calling me to be a missionary, but I just feel like I'm too young. And I'll never forget what she said to me that day. She said, Tim, you are a missionary now. God has you planted exactly where you are at, and that is your mission field. And so God is always inviting us to be part of his plan, and wherever you are at, that's your mission field. So after my discussion with my mother, I just prayed to God, and I said, you know what, God? I'm in. I'll be a missionary. And it changed my life. Now, have you ever accepted an invitation and calling from God? Now, some of you might be thinking, you know, I don't know if I believe in this whole God thing, and why are you asking me that question? So let me say it like this. Have you ever sensed that there's something more in your life uh, that you could be experiencing? Or have you ever thought about, if there is a God, does he want something more for my life? Because did you know that God is inviting all of us to become part of God's plan? Now, as we go throughout what we're experiencing right now uh, with the coronavirus, uh, we are seeing so many people giving on a regular basis to help other people. 
Uh, we are seeing people who are on the front lines and they are helping people with food, with groceries uh, and other essential services. Uh, we are seeing uh, first responders continue to keep people safe. And we are seeing uh, medical professionals who continue to give and sacrifice and save lives. And all these people are basically saying, we're not doing this for our sake, we're doing this for the sake of others. Now, when we see stories of people doing those types of things, deep down in us, we sense that it's right, you know? Uh, we sense that we wanna be a part of that. Now, why do we experience that? You know, what is it that's inside of us that we all experience that when we see those types of stories? Well, did you know that God has wired us to do good? That that's his fingerprint on our lives? And so today I want to check out the fourth G of the 5G life. And the fourth G is give. And so in this series, we've been looking at Jesus as our model and today we're going to look at him as well. And he gave everything about his life. And he is inviting us, all of us, to join him as well. And then he is calling us to give. And so if you would, if you would go ahead and turn your Bibles uh, to Luke chapter 7, verse 37, uh, in your Bibles or on your YouVersion Bible app. And as you turn there... Um, let me encourage you with this. If you don't have a Bible, um, then I want you to download the free YouVersion Bible app on your phone. Um, it is a tremendous app that will help you to read the Bible and then understand what it's about. And so if you would today, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter seven, verse 37, and I'll give you a moment to get there. Now, before we unpack the fourth G today, um, let's start with looking at the one who gives us this invitation and then calls us to give of our time, talents, and resources. Now, sometimes it's kind of hard to accept this invitation. And the reason for that is because of our past baggage or our past experiences, or we feel guilted uh, to give. Uh, but when we look at the gospels, we see people responding to Jesus, not out of guilt, but we see them responding to Jesus out of gratitude for what he had, did for, uh, had done for them. And so I just want us to camp out for a while on looking at what Jesus did for us. And then I want us to unpack this calling that he has for us to join with him in giving of our time, talents, and resources. So let me begin by telling you about a woman who had this encounter with Jesus. Okay, and it changed her life forever. And it echoes some of the ways that we've encountered Jesus in our lives when he invites us to simply come, to come to him and be changed. See, when Jesus came to earth, uh, he came uh, to heal and to uh, help mend the relationship between us and God. And back then there were religious leaders who were teaching that the only way that you could have a right standing with God was you had to follow all the rules and you had to follow them 
perfectly, which was impossible. And that's not what God wanted. And so one day as Jesus is out and teaching, a crowd starts to gather. And most likely this woman was in the crowd as well. And so Jesus says this to the large crowd. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. In essence, what he was teaching that day was, come to me, all who are wrecked and overcome with guilt. Come to me, all of you who are burdened with shame and sin. Or come to me, um, all of you who are tired of trying and trying and trying to achieve this right standing. Or come to me, all of you who have been rejected and turned away by religion. And come to me, all of you who have lost hope. Because when we accept this invitation, we will find rest and peace with God. And you're still invited. And you can become part of God's family. Because Jesus said, my father has sent me to tell you that he loves you and that you're invited. And so that when this woman most likely heard that message that day, she did something that no one, ever expected her to do. So let's see what she did. Let's begin in Luke chapter seven, verse 37. When a certain immoral woman, that's code for prostitute, from that city heard Jesus was eating there at one of the religious leaders' houses, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Now let's pause there. What's happening here? Well, at times, especially early on in Jesus's uh, ministry, some of the religious leaders, the Pharisees, would invite him over to kind of find out who he was. But they wanted to prove uh, that he was not the real deal, that he was fake, because he was gaining all this traction with the people and taking people away from them. And so all of a sudden, this uninvited girl shows up to this dinner party. And I'm sure everyone in the room would have stopped dead in their tracks. And I'm sure that some people gasped and some people choked on their food. And the reason for this is that the religious leaders did not associate with people who they considered the lowest of the low. She was a sinner. She was one of those people and she was not invited. Now what she did next would have like given someone probably a heart attack in the room. And when we read this, we're going to kind of scratch our heads. And I wish I could really unpack this, but we're going to unpack just one thing that she does. So verse 38, then she knelt behind Jesus at his feet, weeping. His tears fell on his feet and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. Now, this may seem odd. It's like, what is going on here, you know? But there is a lot going on in her actions. When she breaks open that jar of perfume, that was her livelihood. That was her future. That was her security. That was, uh, back then, perfume was super expensive. It would have cost her a year's worth of her wages, and so what she's doing in that moment is saying, hey, here is my perfume, which is my calling card. And so when she uses it all on Jesus's feet, she in essence is saying, I'm done. I'm tired. I'm weary. I can't keep doing this. I have gone to places I thought I would never, ever go. And so no one 
and she's probably addressing Jesus if she could say some words. No one has ever extended an invitation like you did with me today with love, genuine love. No one has ever said that I could be part of God's family. And we know this because of the way she's just crying. I mean, she's crying uncontrollably and she can't stop. And she's crying out of repentance. And she's crying because she wants to have a new life. She wants to have a right standing with God. And I love Jesus's response. Jesus does this in front of all these religious leaders. Verse 48, then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. She didn't say that. She was just crying. The men at the table said among themselves, who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So who did Jesus come for? I mean, he came for those who were hurting, who were broken, and those who were far from God. He came for you. Maybe some of you have continued to try and try and try and you have failed and failed. You're still invited. Maybe some of you have uh, come to the place where you have doubted God or questioned God or even thought that maybe God has harmed you. You're still invited. And so when you come with all your hangups, with all your past, with all of your sins, you will come to find that in Jesus, you can have your sins forgiven and you can have a right standing with God. So that's the invitation that God extends to all of us. So what do we do after we accept this invitation? Many of you have become Christ followers and you accepted it. And so I'm glad you asked because Jesus calls us to join him. He calls us to join him in doing what he came to do here on earth. So let's unpack this. Let's start with unpacking kind of the big picture and then zooming in. So in Matthew 20, 28, Jesus said, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to say that word with me. Yeah, serve others. And to what's that word? Yeah, give his life as a ransom for many. And so Jesus came to serve and to give. He came and he served like no one ever served. And he met so many needs. He uh, healed so many people and he uh, continued to teach the people uh, about God like no other uh, had ever done. And then he did something uh, by serving us in which no one ever expected him to do. He gave his life. He gave his life. He gave his life as a ransom or as a payment for our sins. And so he paid a great price so that we, if we choose to enter into a relationship with Jesus, can have our sins forgiven. And so he gave everything. He gave of his time, his talents, and his resources uh, to save us. And so how can we serve him? Well, if you're taking notes, let's zoom in and, and watch how Jesus served with his life and what he's calling us to do. And so let's look now at the four uh, 
the fourth G of the 5G life, which is give. We give of our time, talents, and resources. So Matthew, uh, one of Jesus' disciples, records this uh, interaction uh, that's very brief between Jesus and, his, and Peter's mother-in-law. And uh, when you read it, it seems like it's pretty insignificant, but yet it is so invaluable. And so let's check out uh, how Jesus gave his time. Let's start with time. He gave his time and what happened as a result. So in Matthew chapter eight, verse 14, Matthew records when Jesus and the disciples and probably a few others arrived at Peter's house, Peter's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. But when Jesus touched her hand, the fever left her. And so she was healed. I mean, this was amazing. And not only was she healed, but she had her full strength uh, that was restored to her. And so let's see how she responds. Then she got up and prepared a meal for him. Now, I love it, you know, out of a heart of gratitude, she uh, jumps in and uses her time not to serve herself, but to serve others. And when she did that, something even more amazing happened as well. And let's check that out. Watch this, verse 16. That evening, evening many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. Why? Because I'm sure word had gotten out. I'm sure people knew she was sick with this fever before Jesus arrived. And most people, when they got, you know, had a fever, they weren't spry and got up right away and started serving again. And so word got out. And uh, Jesus, he started to cast out the evil spirits with a simple command, and he healed uh, a few people in town. No, it doesn't say that. Matthew records that Jesus healed all the sick. And Matthew would know. I mean, he was a tax collector. He kept records, okay? I'm sure he was counting that day and went around and counted how many people were sick that day. And so here's what's so priceless and invaluable about this interaction, The decision of one woman impacted so many other people by leading to miracles that not only saved these people physically, but saved them spiritually when they put their faith in Jesus. Because when we give of our time, God uses it to change people's lives. Now let's continue. So Jesus not only calls us to give of our time, but he also calls us to give of our talents or our abilities uh, because that's what he did for us. And so in Matthew 5, 16, Jesus said, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. So do you know that you are a one of a kind masterpiece? Did you know that God has prepared you with specifically divine gifts and passions and talents that he created in you? And he also created you to be at this very moment, at this very time, to be around the people that you are around to help point them towards your heavenly father. Now, sometimes that's hard for us to hear. Because we start to look around and we look at other people and we see what they're doing and we think, you know, that we aren't good enough, we aren't talented enough, we aren't spiritual enough, uh, we just don't make the cut. Some of us say to ourselves, well, you know, look how they pray or look how good that they know the word of God or look at them and how good of a leader they are, you know? So if I don't do my part, then it's really not going to make a big difference, 
Now, that's not the truth, okay? God has a totally different view about you. In fact, God says that all Christ followers are part of the body of Christ, that no one is more important than another person, that we all are important. It's kind of like this. Um, when you look at your hand, you know, it's pretty important, right? You know, but when we start to look at the individual fingers, we go, eh, you know, some are valuable, some aren't valuable. You know, uh, God made the thumb, you know, that's important. That's important to play thumb wars. Just kidding. That's important for other things too. Uh, there's the pointer finger, you know, that's really important in a lot of ways. Um, now, the middle finger, I'm not going to show you that. That's It's Mother's Day, and I wouldn't do that. And people have taken, unfortunately, that in a wrong direction. Um, and then there's the ring finger, and that's pretty, you know, self-explanatory. But then there's this pinky finger. And when we look at that pinky finger, we say, you know, it's kind of small. Is it really that important? Well, did you know that 50% of your hand strength comes from your pinky? It does. And so no matter how much you think you are small and that you can't make a difference, that's not the truth. God sees you as being invaluable and you are invaluable to others. So let's wrap up with this final thing that Jesus calls us to give. He calls us to give of our time, our talents, and our resources. So we often make this third option um, or this third one kind of optional in our lives, you know, but Jesus didn't see that. In fact, uh, in one of his most famous sermons, um, the Sermon on the Mount that he uh, told over and over again, he dedicates an entire section about talking about money. Now, some of you might be like, oh, great, we're talking about money. Please don't tune out, okay? Because realize this, Jesus talked more about money than heaven and hell because of how dangerous it can be in our lives. And so let's see what Jesus said. In Matthew 6, 19, Jesus said, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. No one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So Jesus made it clear that money has the power to control our lives. And so if we uh, look at our possessions and our money and they become too important, then we end up spending our time, our talents, and our resources in trying to gain more, which is never um, something that satisfies. We never become just satisfied with a certain amount of money. We always want to have more and more. But think about this. If we serve God uh, by giving our time, talents, and abilities, it's to help to have other people's lives be changed. So God's not after our money. It all belongs to him. He just wants us to use it for his purposes because he created us to pour rather than store. Let me say that again. God created us to pour rather than store. It's like this picture. He created us to pour rather than store. 
So all the things that we've been talking about, our time, our talents, and our resources, God puts them in our lives and he expects us to pour them out so that other lives can be changed, be changed by him. That's how we're shaped. That's how we're used. And so think about it like this, you know, does anyone ever get emotional over a super expensive watch that they buy and they go into debt for it? You know, does a person ever say, man, I love this watch and I don't have enough money for it, but I'll charge it. And you know what? It like took me seven months with 19% interest to pay it off, but I feel so close to God now. Nope. <laughs> that, that doesn't happen, you know? Instead, the best stories that we ever hear are like this. We hear someone say, you know what? I just felt like I needed to give a certain amount of money to this one person. I don't know why. So I put a check in the mail and they got it several days later. And all of a sudden I get this phone call and this person goes, how did you know? How did you know that my water heater just broke this morning? And when I went out to the mailbox, all of a sudden I had the exact same amount that I needed to fix my water heater, which I did not have the money for. Man, that's awesome. Or when we hear a family that says, you know what, I'm going to start tithing. I'm going to give 10% back to God through the local church. And after a while, uh, we hear the person say, you know what, when I made that one decision, it started to help me get my priorities straight. And, and now my marriage is better. Uh, my family is doing better. And I am content. And I've never been content with money. And now I even look for ways to help people and give more money away. What, who does that? Well, that's God. Or it's like this, you know, um, we've seen business people, especially recently during this um, uh, virus, who say, you know what, this is not my business. This is God's business. And I am going to help my employees. I'm not going to let them go. I'm going to continue to pay them because this business is not for my sake, it's for the sake of others. And when we see that happen, we just go, that is amazing because we were created to pour rather than store. And we come most alive when we give of our time, our talents and resources. So what do we do with this? Well, let me recap a little bit. First, Jesus invites all of us to come into a relationship with him. It doesn't matter who you are, you are invited. And when you come into a relationship with Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then he will forgive you of all your sins and you will have a right standing with God. Second, Jesus said, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus modeled uh, for us how to serve others. You know, it's what he did for us. He gave of his time, his talents and his resources to save us. And he is calling us to do the same. He's not calling us out of a sense of guilt. Instead, he wants us to serve him out of gratitude for what he did for us. And then maybe in your past life experiences, you thought that only uh, God called uh, pastors or missionaries or priests or nuns uh, to do uh, God's work. Uh, but that's not the case. God calls all of us 
to give of our time, talents, and resources. I love what Paul declared about us. He says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And so God is calling you today. He's calling you to respond and give of your time, talents, and resources. And so will you accept his calling? Will you join with him in going after others who don't know who he is? So here's how we're going to close today. All right. If you are tired and weary and you have never entered into a relationship with God, you're invited. So would you today enter into a relationship with Jesus And we'll do that in a moment uh, when I close in prayer. For others of you who are Christ followers, maybe you never thought uh, that uh, God is calling you to give of your time, talents, and resources. Maybe you always thought that was like options, you know, Uh, you get to pick one or pick two out of three or something. Did you realize that the woman who modeled giving her time out of a sense of gratitude showed that God was calling her to give of her time, talents, and resources? And so would you take up the same calling? God is calling you to do the same thing. Would you be a missionary where God has planted you today? And would you help people to see your heavenly father? Now, for some of you, maybe you are already giving of your time, talents, and resources. And so um, maybe God is calling you to do something else. And so would you just say to God, God, you know what? Is there another step for me? Is there a person that you want me to reach out to? Is there uh, another thing that you want me to serve you by doing? And so God, I just open up myself right now and say, God, what's the next thing that you want me to do? I mean, could you imagine, could you imagine if we, a group of people all joined together and decided to accept God's invitation and his calling and, and accepted being part of his plan? I mean, could you imagine what would happen in Flagler County if a group of people came together and chose to give of their time, talents, and resources, what would happen? I mean, how many people would all of a sudden see that God is for them? How many people would all of a sudden see Jesus's invitation and accept it? How many people would um, just be impressed with uh, who God is and that single moms, single dads, uh, family members would come and feel like they've been supported or encouraged? How many people who are suffering physical ailments or emotional uh, issues would come and find healing? How many people's lives would be changed if we came together as a group of Christ followers and we accepted God's calling to give of our time, talents, and resources? And so my question for all of us today is, will you accept his calling? So we're going to close in prayer. And uh, as we close in prayer, I'm going to go through those three things. And whatever you're feeling God's leading you to do, then I would encourage you to speak with him. So let's go ahead and pray. So Father, thank you so much for today. And we thank you for who you are. God, right now I'm speaking to those uh, who have never entered into a relationship with you, Jesus. 
And if that's you and you realize today how amazing God is and what he did with this woman uh, who was a prostitute and everyone said, no way, you're not invited. You are always invited. And today you can accept that invitation. So if that's you, simply say to Jesus, I want to be part of your family. Will you forgive me of my sins? Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Will you be my Lord and my savior? And if you prayed that, you are now part of God's family. If you're a Christ follower and you just never realize that God is calling you to give of your time, talents, and resources, would you just simply say to him now, God, I'm in. I want to use my time, talents, and resources that you gave me to be the person that you want me to be to help point others to you. And so I'm in today. And then if you are giving them your time, talents, and resources, would you just simply say, God, what's next? Is there something more that you want me to do? And so God, I'm open. You show me what you want to do and I'll do it. And so Father, thank you so much for today. And I pray uh, as we close today, if someone made that type of decision that they will share that with someone. And Father, I pray that we will join together and give of our time, talents, and resources to continue to reach out to people and give our lives away like you gave your life for us. And we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you so much for being with us today and uh, stay tuned. Uh, We've got some discussion questions. If you're with a group of people at home that encourage you to uh, check out those questions together and, and have a great discussion. And so again, thank you so much for being here today. And again, happy Mother's Day.